Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Eurovision Rewind podcast. So this is a podcast where we take a look at past editions of the Eurovision Song Contest and look at the years in which they took place. My name is Jonathan. Hi, I'm Millen. I'm Ellis. And welcome to our show. So the first thing we're going to do is uh, we all chose a song so that you can kind of get to know us better and get to know our music taste outside of Eurovision. Did everyone do that also? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. So one song that I'm currently listening to is called uh, Jetty Jetty, uh, D-J-E-R, D-J-E-R, by the band Tina Wen. T-I-N-A-R-I-W-E-N. It's a very fun band. Uh, they are a, I believe they're a Moroccan or Algerian nomadic band. Oh, um, and the album that this song is off of was actually recorded when they set up camp for the night while traveling from uh, one tour location to another. So they spent several days traveling and recording just, you know, in the open air, I guess, perhaps under a tent. Very cool. Very, uh, I guess, not easy listening, but but fun to listen to. So yeah, that's one of the like things. The vibe. That yeah, great vibe. I've, I've gone for Trampoline by Caro Caro Benito. Uh, it is absurdly happy, absurd, absurdly glittery. It's great synth worth, great vocals. It's just, just very fun. If you want to have fun, listen to Caro Caro Benito. Sounds very Eurovision. It's like Eurovision with more J-pop. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, my song is "Marching on Versailles" by Adam Finitum. Adam Finitum is like a symphonic metal band from uh, Switzerland, and all of their lyrics are about historical events. So this one's about uh, the storming of Versailles, and I think they have one about Mary Queen of Scots. It's a fun band. It's a fun listen. It's has like metal instrumentation, but a pop sensibility, so it's not super like know intimidating so uh yeah it's a fun song oh that's awesome. to, i would recommend giving it a listen and yeah jonathan have you ever heard of the band uh sabaton sure have oh awesome. yeah okay <laughs> love it i just uh symphonic metal folk metal pirate metal all about it i still have yet to listen to the new ale storm album but i'm honestly not Ooh. looking forward to it based on the singles i haven't I need to listen to ale storm Heard a lot of recommend. things. So that was our segment about the songs that we're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so wait, and um, next we're moving on to contest itself, right? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Alrighty, so tonight we are going to talk about what was declared the International Year of Fresh Water. In this year, the first European constitution was proposed before the European Union, whose membership had grown by nine countries in this year. Among its members included Belgium, who became the only the second country in the world to legalize same-sex marriage in this year. While Yugoslavia was changing its name to Serbia and Montenegro, Bosnian leader Biljana Plavšić was being prosecuted for her role in war crimes during the Bosnian War, and Georgian President Eduard Shevardnadze was resigning due to widespread protest. He said goodbye to the likes of Idi Amin, Nina Simone, Celia Cruz, Elliot Smith, and Catherine Hepburn, and welcomed into the world Greta Thunberg and Jojo Siwa. Beyonce, Eminem, The Black Eyed Peas, 50 Cent, Tattoo, Dido, Evanescence, and Last Ketchup were topping the charts all over the world, and Nora Jones took home six Grammys this year. We decided that Chicago was the best picture of the year at the Oscars, and that Roman Polanski was still worth giving awards to. At the same time, 
the SARS outbreak surfaced, all the while the Bush administration declared war against Iraq. The phrases binge watch, unfriend, net neutrality, and flash mob were all coined in this year we are about to cover. Wow. Lastly, and perhaps most importantly, on May 24th, Europeans left the events of their lives and any differences they might have had behind for one night to celebrate a most unifying thing, music at the 48th Eurovision Song Contest. Let's get Woo. ready to look back at the year that was 2003. Wonderful. I, I have a question there. You said on your on your recap of chart toppers, it included tattoo. Is it the same tattoo that Russia submitted? Uh, perhaps it is. Actually, we're going to talk about that. Whoa. So, in addition to this, I looked up um, uh, the European charts dur during the week of May 24th, when the contest took place. This isn't a, an official chart, I think. I got it off of a website that I think just looks at um, trends of downloads and airplane, stuff like that. Okay, yeah. So, according to top40-charts.com, the <laughs> uh, top 10 in Europe, uh, Parts for the week of May 24, 2003 was number one, Into Club 50 Cent. Number two, awesome. Bring Me to Life by Evanescence. Oh, yes. That's a good oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> number three, Ma Liberté de Penser by Florent Pagny. Number four, Sing for the Moment Eminem. Five is Marilyn Manson's Mob Scene. Six is Rise and Fall by Craig Davis and Sting. Seven is Kaching by Shania Twain. It is oh. Chihuahua by... Eight is Chihuahua by DJ Bobo. Nine is Madonna's American Life. And 10 is Eminem for the second time with Lose Yourself. Dude, Eminem was crushing the charts that year. That Eminem really was. He did that. Whack chart. Given, um, given watching through this Eurovision Song Contest, and given my memory of, I mean, limited, I was two, but given my memory of the early 2000s, that seems like a wild chart a i think it's very chart. appropriate though just like the mix of like uh rap and also alternative metal i feel it's very early 2000s god it's so early 2000s i don't know all of these songs like i didn't i was i was meant to listen to a lot of these that i didn't know but like i don't know the shania twain song um i actually don't know sing for the moment <laughs> I don't either. It's evidently not stuck around in the same way that Lose Yourself has. So. And yeah, I think Lose Yourself was so low because it was kind of old at that point, but I don't really know. Yeah, that's, that is a wild top 10. It is wild. Also in the top 100, uh, we had uh, some past and future Eurovision uh, representatives, including Blue, No Angels, Kate Ryan, and also Tattoo, who uh, were this, this year. They were at number... Uh, 28 and 92 with two of their songs. Oh, nice. Wow. And this week, and the specific song we've got the world tonight, which is Ireland's entry this year, was at number 69. Nice. Nice. Yes. So, uh, We Will Rock You by Queen, number 50. Okay. That stuck around in a good way. Yeah. I don't really know why. Maybe it was like a sporting event? I don't know. Did they? Is that what they do? They play yeah, those songs. So. That seems reasonable. I've never been to a sporting event, so <laughs> relatable. I mean, if sorry, relatable. If Dark Side of the Moon can be on the album charts for like sixty consecutive years, then that can it? too. I it's it's the long longest running album on the charts by far because whenever it would dip low, record stores would be like, oh, 
guess we got to order more uh, more copies of Dark Side of the Moon, and then it would go right back up. Wow, neat. Weird. Yeah, fun thing. Very weird. The, the early 2000s was a very weird, and I feel like kind of... Cursed? Cursed, and also a lot of conf- like conflicting types of music. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah, um, yeah, in yeah. my in my little recap, I talked about um, how Nora Jones won the most awards at the, the Grammys that year. So I feel like it's very easy listening kind of jazz vibes, but also new metal and rap, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the amount of, I mean, I guess we're all we're going to spoil the entire show anyway, but the amount of like classical Latin guitar present in, in so many songs but, in this contest is absurd. That was a big trend in the early 2000s for Eurovision was like, uh, they called it ethnopop, which is basically includes some element of broadly, quote unquote, ethnic sounds. Maybe it's not even like from your country in the case of Ed Kingdom this year. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was oh, a big yeah. trend. And it still kind of persists just because, I mean, artists at Eurovision are kind of always including sort of more traditional sounds in their music, which I think is really cool. But um, it was definitely commoditized, if you will during this time at Eurovision. So is that all we have to say about the music in the real world of 2003? I think so. Eurovision is not the real world. Oh, no, it no, is this, is, this lives in its own bubble. Yeah. Perfect. So are we ready to get into it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so our first song. Oh, actually, I have, I have some, some brief stats about the music that I wrote down as I was watching it that I want to just drop in to percolate before we get into the songs themselves. Uh, English was the main language used in the song for 16 of the 26 songs. Uh, Did you count the songs that had um, language transitions to English at the very end? (laughs) I counted those as half songs. So there were, I I counted two of those. Uh, I don't want to flip through and figure out which one right now. Oh, really? Well, I I there were at least three. Yeah. Okay. Well, I may have counted incorrectly. We'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, uh, there were four on stage costume changes. Um, nice. But like, as, wait, is that four songs or four costume changes? Because I know uh, one. Group there were two songs with two costume changes each. Although I may have. Wait, no, Ellis. There was a song that had, I think, six costume changes. You're forgetting about uh, Romania's entry. Romania. <laughs> Romania. I only have two costume changes written down for them, but it's it's entirely possible I missed them because I also we're going to take a closer look at that one. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's really something to, uh, to talk about. And I also counted nineteen key changes. Um, that is very I can believe that. Eurovision, including uh, let's see which one was it. There was one of these that modulated. I think yes, uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina modulated four times. Awesome. That, I, I really live for that. Oh, also, by the way, um, we should probably say kind of what our relationship to Eurovision is and kind of sure. how familiar we are with it. So um, I've been kind of following Eurovision way too obsessively for like the past, I think, four years since 2016. Um, and since then, I've gone back to listen to a lot of the songs and and watch a lot of the past contests. And I'm very excited to share the madness and the drama and the conflama of Eurovision past with these two. Yeah, 2016 is about when I started actually paying attention as well. But anything before that, I essentially just know the greatest hits. So like uh, uh, Verka Sarduska and Abba and Genghis Khan and that sort of that sort of milieu. Um, 
Let's see. I I listened to the 2017 winner uh, of Eurovision Salvador Sobral's um, entry for Portugal, and that's really the thing that kind of got me started into Eurovision in any way. But I haven't really been paying attention too much since then, except occasionally looking at the track list and saying, "Huh, okay, neat. I like some of these songs." But I am I'm probably the least immersed. Gotcha. And um, also, an added fun element to this podcast is that at the end, uh, Mill and Ellis do not know what the results were, and I have a scoreboard that will reveal them to them, and hopefully, uh, all kinds of madness and excitement will ensue. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Where am I going? I, I, I don't know any of these results. So I'm excited to see how you guys feel. I have yeah. some feelings. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so now I think it's a good time to start with. Um, first song so first on the night to perform was iceland's burkita with open your heart What did you guys think? I have a note. So I took I took notes for the whole thing. I ended up with 11 pages. They're pretty small pages, but regardless. And the note that sticks out to me for this one is, this doesn't suck. Like, I, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was good. I thought the, like, the performance was well done. She's got great, st- fantastic stage presence. I entirely disagree. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I, like, it might... Not- it might have just been because it was the first one, but I thought that it like the performance was engaging. The song pr- could have been better. I like, I have it written down as symphonic butt rock, <laughs> but like I thought, I thought it was well performed. I okay. So when when the singer first walked onto the stage, I thought, "Good God, this is 2003." She has <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I believe they're low rise pants with a scarf as a belt that like goes way up way too high up it was it was really really you know that was a dark period in in fashion history but as far as stage presence goes uh her white outfit and the she had some uh, backing vocalists as well they were all wearing white and it felt very like minimalist but um so i i took a lot of notes on like the lighting effects and what was going on on the why did you screen on stage and i thought that it, there wasn't enough like pizzazz in those kind of background features background effects to really make or break the performance i mean yeah yeah i guess the performance but uh brigitte's performance herself just on her own felt very small relative to the stage huh. the the way that everyone was spaced out kind of left the stage feeling open and empty and then there was a key change in, I think, like three quarters of the way through the song, and she she thrusts these flowers out. She kind of like T poses with these flowers, but then uh, immediately <laughs> drops them to the floor. And it felt like you, it, they could have been held both that, uh, both the flowers and, you know, the drama of the key change could have been held for a little bit longer. So I felt okay. like my thoughts on the song itself were that it was really uh, reminiscent of the Gilmore Girls theme. <laughs> oh. which you know it's maybe not like 
the chord progression is the same or anything like that, but it kind of fit that same vibe. And I, 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 I like the song quite a bit. I, I felt the performance was lacking though. Like she didn't bring enough kind of power or drama. The, the song was good, but it was kind of missing like one last component to, to really drive it home. I think I agree more with Ellis. Because I, I do like this song a lot. And also just in terms of the running order, I think it's a really good place to start the show because it's kind of inspirational and it's it's an upbeat song. So I think that that kind of was a good place to start rather than kind of a really slow ballad. Um, I definitely agree that she has good stage presence. She's very confident and that adds a lot to the song. Fashion's wild. But also I do like how um, everyone's kind of, everyone kind of looks like they belong on stage together because we'll get to some other later ones but like some <laughs> some of the acts accompanied with their backing dancers and backing vocalists look so disparate and it looks so weird so they're all kind of wearing white and i'm into it in terms of the song itself i think i think it's good i i, I mean it's a, i mean ellis kind of said it best it doesn't suck it's not the best song but i think it's it's nice it's pretty uh she performs it really well i think um her performance of it definitely elevated it i think i would like this a lot less if we just had the studio version rather than the live performance to, to judge yes. on yeah that's definitely true i would i agree with that wholeheartedly oh okay actually this might be worth mentioning um every time i, I watched the entire contest and then uh after each song i would listen to the spotify to if i could find it on spotify oh okay yeah i didn't um, do that I mean, I? <laughs> <laughs> that's fine um there was sometimes a pronounced difference in like audio quality mm in the studio versus live versions so i mean there are some songs where it's like this is better in a studio this is worse yeah i i I agree that the live performance was was good i just feel like like the choreography of her and kind of how the space was used was a little bit uh lacking okay yeah i see I, i can see where you're coming from so if you guys had to kind of broadly like where do you think this placed broadly I have this as my fifth highest. I like I just I sketched out a top five and my top four are pretty like those could go in any order, but this was solidly number five for me because I thought it was good. I thought the performance was great. I didn't I like it was lacking in something to put it over to that next level, but still better than most of the other songs. So this is my number five. What are you, Milan? I didn't um, like. I didn't give it a, a number, uh, but if I had to, I would say, given that there are twenty six entries total, number ten, like a little bit above middle. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Does that mean we are ready to move on to song number two? I think so. Oh boy. Oh man. Alrighty. So next we have uh, coming hot is Austria's. Uh, really Boya with the song Weil der Mensch sollt, which means man is the measure of all things. Better get into this. Okay, so <laughs> what are we feeling about this? This one is just batshit insane. The song starts, and the first thing that you notice are, one, this incredibly tall man. Like, this dude has jeans that make him look three feet taller than he actually is. 
That's, I never noticed that. That's true, though. <laughs> like, it's the worst, the worst cut of jeans I've ever seen on a person. Wait until um, we get to another country about the worst cut of jeans you've ever seen. No, no, no. I, I, I stand firm on this point. His were the worst jeans in the whole show. Okay. It's like a plain red t-shirt and a beret. And behind him, so uh, he, I believe, composed all the, he wrote the lyrics and composed all the music for this. And so instead of having like a live band behind him, he had uh, two vocalists and four cardboard cutouts of statues or people. What is that? What, 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 what were the choices? I don't know. I don't know. There's a bull, a, looks like a bull, a cockatoo, a cat, and a statue of liberty. It's crazy. It's absurd. Uh, so okay, so first, of, first and foremost, I just want to say that I think I understand what this song is trying to do. I understand that it's being comedic, and it's not that I don't like comedic entries to the Eurovision, but I just sonically I think it sounds too awkward, and like, and it's not even it hasn't even gone so far for that to even be funny. It's just it sounds weird because the the verses are very slow and kind of really move or build on each other, and then you get to the chorus and that kind of the tempo kind of too much and like obviously there's a the part after the chorus that has the like it's just it's just guitars that goes it, it breaks down into thrash metal it really does and, not, and i don't and I don't, I don't i don't understand the choice it, it, can we look at the lyrics really quick also, also yeah. like, alice what do you do you have any uh, thoughts um yeah but um so the, to me it seems like ah i see austria uh does not want to win this contest because they don't want to pay to host it next year. That was my first thought. I'm not going to explain this one, but if you know, if you know, you know, there is a WWE wrestler from the mid 2000s that is one of the worst character decisions of all time. His name is Eugene. If you know what I'm talking about, you will know why this song is bad. He's, one of the backup um, singers was really into this. Really it was were. just holy shit, dude. The singer um is actually he's been called the Austrian Mr. Bean. He's a comedian, that, he's not really a singer. Okay, that is normally much, so that makes sense, right? That's really comforting, actually. <laughs> yeah. It, this is this to me is an example. It like it feels like, oh, this is what happens when you do something like Verka Serduchka, but you don't do it as well. Yes, it is, a, it, it is like a comedy entry that is poorly executed. If we look at the lyrics, the lyrics are wild. They're all in German. They're actually in a uh, dialect of German called Styrian that I think is spoken in the south of Austria. Just to look at a few of them. The animals of the world, I rather like them, but more than anything, I like the, the hares and the bears, the bears. Soon all birds will die. Soon all beetles will die. Only Adam is lying in bed and reproduces with Eve. So a lot of uh, um, lyrical choices there. Wait. The because... difference. Hold on. The difference between people and apes and primates. It's not much bigger than between noodles and pancake strips. I looked up what this was. Okay, so pancake strips. Um, so like it's called, it's like frittaten, I think, and yeah. it, it doesn't have a word in English that translates to it very well. But it's just a type of German noodle, I think. Sure. So he's not wrong. The difference between pancake stri stripes and noodles is not much bigger than that between apes and primates, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, is that is that all I have to say about the song? I mean, the backing vocalist we haven't talked about enough. I feel like. No, no, no. Okay. There's the backing vocalist. Way too. Very ancient. young woman and this kind of older woman, and the young woman is wearing a silvery shimmery dress, and the older one is wearing kind of this red nightgown. 
that's not really a nightgown, but it, it's just very kind of frumpy and weird, and nothing looks like it goes together. Also, the lighting is weird. The it lighting has this, like weird, obnoxious perfect. rainbow lighting, and it doesn't do anything until it gets to the like the thrash metal part, and then it's black and white. The the one in the silver just gets so into the thrash metal. Part. She's headbanging. She's like throwing her fist in the air. She she loves it. Elf Poyer's dance as well is not uh, aesthetically pleasing. Um, yeah. I described it. To, I described it to someone recently as he's running, but his arms and legs are like not synced up. They're moving independently <laughs> from each other. Elf Poyer is Eurovision quap. <laughs> yeah, very much like, so. Yeah, it's like he's in a video game and the rest of his body, like his arms and legs are like moving, but like the rest of his body is glitching so that it's not moving with them. I don't know how he has such like a masterful control over his various limbs. But that's, yeah. Oh my and then God. at the, um, the, um, for, for those who aren't watching on the, the visual medium because there isn't one um we're watching these as we're talking about them and we just cut to the part where uh the backing vocalists like throw their like the older one like threw her hands in the air Did, you know what i'm talking about yeah it's one goes up in the air the other goes to the side yes. and she kind of like squats a little bit to the side as well also it's offbeat to the song like what the song's doing so it just looks oh. bad it's this there's so i could write a dissertation on this <laughs> performance i truly could Actually, we never even mentioned really what the song sounds like. It starts off sounding like a nursery rhyme with like a very a kind of plinky toy piano in the background. Mm. And then about halfway through, like we've mentioned, it transitions out of nowhere into thrash metal. Um, but only for a few bars, I think. And then, it, and then it goes back to that weird nursery rhyme thing. Very occult, all in all. Very occult. Yeah. I have one more thing about this. Just like my favorite part musically of this song is at the very, very end where it it it, it does a it cadences at the end. It goes like your your five one ending in for chords. Oh, but that's my favorite part too. <laughs> the five is in thrash metal style, and then the one is in the plinky toy piano style, and yes, it's a I perfect love that, transition. Actually. Alrighty, so we're ready to kind of give our broad ideas of where we thought this might place. Because it was a meme entry, I can imagine it ranking high, but I, I really like it was not well done. It was it was almost scary to watch at times, and not even the thrash metal part, just the regular weird, creepy nursery rhyme thing. So I would have to say, uh, I don't know, maybe like a nine. Interesting. Okay, Ellis, what do you feel? So I thought this version of concrete by poppy on bath salts uh <laughs> it, it, it this is the thing about this song is that it could be literally anywhere like i could see this getting two points and sitting at the bottom or going all the way to second like it entirely, That's what happens with songs like this yeah it, it just entirely depends on how funny people thought it was and how many people just voted for it, ironically. So I can make no prediction on this. That's valid, and I respect it. Something to note, it's in the number two position, which is kind of universally known as the worst draw you could get in the Eurovision final, because I think statistically, you, that like in terms of results, the lowest results per order of the contest is second, which kind of makes sense because you don't have the... People don't remember you as being first, but also you go on really early, so makes sense. You know what I mean? 
They did a good job of making it memorable, that's for sure. For sure. All right, are we ready for song number three? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. We are going to uh, Ireland next with Mickey Hart's We've Got the World. I start off with this one yeah i think this is perfectly fine and inoffensive but not sure if i super care for it <laughs> the song itself like sonically is pretty boring and also it is it's also plagiarized we brought up plagiarizing before with uh, the gilmore oh, girls really? game song but this is this sounds almost identical to another song that's been in eurovision before Ooh, ouch oh in the no. 2000 eurovision so like it's it's something to, to point out definitely but aside from that, uh, I didn't really like the the fashion choices just because the colors were weird. The staging has a lot of blue and white and the backing vocalists are wearing all black. Then he's wearing a red shirt and a green guitar. So that kind of clashed for me. I know it's like kind of nitpicking. It doesn't matter, but I don't no, know. I noticed that. And it, it definitely does matter. I shouldn't have said that. It does matter. And it bothered me. I think his voice was slightly shaky also. So it might have also been because he seemed to be quite emotional. I think he cried at one point. Or like he had, he wiped a tear away from his face. Oh, oh, Mickey Joe Hart. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think? So, what what I thought was interesting about this one is that the song, like as you said, it's very, it's super inoffensive. It's like a perfectly boring, enjoyable song. But the crowd adored this guy. They were. This was the, I think, the loudest I heard the crowd all night. They were all over this performance, and I think there's maybe one song that I think they might have liked more. But I did notice that they were really into this, despite it being very underwhelming for me. Yeah, but like, I yeah, and playing off of that, I think that stuck out to me is that like, so at the end of the performances, a lot of times they'll do a quick cutaway to whoever's up next, sitting in like the just off stage in the wings in the hallway and when they cut to mickey joe hart sitting in the hallway with his guitar looking cheeky the crowd popped he he wasn't even performing yet it was just the prospect of mickey joe hart it drove them nuts <laughs> so what did you think melon so I actually quite liked the the green guitar I just now got that's probably like a little allusion to the home country ireland i thought so this one started off with that kind of flamenco latin guitar uh riff at the beginning and i thought that was pretty cool because like aside from that it's got very cliche you know cliche inoffensive widely uh or, or lyrics that have a very wide appeal there was one thing in the song itself though that i i hated hated and there's uh it's this like mosquito-y kind of buzzing synth it's really it's hard to hear on a first listen but then if you you watch it again and you notice it like if you listen for it it's you can't get it out of your head it's it's really annoying it's kind of like the the triangle crash in uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't you don't notice it at first but once you do you're like why would they ever choose to use this in the song it's disgusting yeah, I didn't catch that. I'll have to go back and look for that. Neither did I. So are we um, kind of thinking middle of the road entry on this one? 
I'm I'm actually thinking middle of the road kind of higher because it felt very much like a a Eurovision this appeals to the people song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was another one where I have it in my predictive top five because I think that he's going to make bank on the televote. Yeah. Oh, also, um, I should probably said this. The voting system isn't how they vote now. Uh Uh-oh. Well, good news for you is that uh, most of the countries did use televotes. It was the choice of the, the broadcaster. Most of them did choose to do televotes. I think maybe three had jury votes. But you weren't required back then to do both a televote and a jury vote. Oh, that's interesting. I feel like he would clean up on clean up on fan vote and then do less well on judge vote, but like still enough to get in the top echelon. Cool, cool, cool. Are you ready to move on to number four? Sure. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk about this. This is number four song, Turkey's Sirtab Ariner with Every Way That I Can. Let's take it away. Uh, Alice, you want to start? Um, yeah, I think I'm up on this one. I liked this one a lot. Like this, this was of, it was my favorite so far of the first four. Um, it sounds different than a lot of them. Like it's, it goes in a more R&B direction than most of these do, uh, which I thought was cool. The choreo was great. Like this, this was one, I, I thought this was good. I really enjoyed it. I thought the song was better than the singer but like overall it didn't i i i liked this one yeah i i agree it was um the performance was by far the like most captivating because of the the main singers at the center of the stage and she has these four like really long pieces of fabric that kind of come out from a bodice and then the dancers around her use that kind of twirl around and it's like it's very grand i guess yeah, I wrote um, down thing for with that. the ribbons coming up the dress. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But one thing I will say about that, though, to be a little bit like nitpicky, is that ultimately I think it might have been a gimmick that the song might not have needed because I think the song and performance otherwise was strong enough. But at the same time, I think that the choreography with the kind of running around with the long ribbons coming off the dress, it didn't it made sense and it didn't detract from it. But you know what I mean? It, it kind of was like, oh, that's the song with like the the big pieces of fabric coming off the dress even though it could have stood on its own as just like a good song that people would have liked yeah, yeah none of you could see this but i was nodding my head along as you said that, <laughs> <laughs> that just made me write, uh write down as i was watching haha she's a maypole yeah it yeah, really is was... she's giving you maple realness <laughs> yeah the uh, you know of course there was some uh a little bit of the mediterranean influence with the music choice i think i think i agree with what ellis said about the song being better than the singer i do think her being jostled around by you know people pulling on her uh ribbons i guess kind of made it harder for her to sing i don't remember if i, I really think the song needs like i'd interrupt but i don't know if the song really needs super strong intense vocal i feel like it kind of relies a lot more on the instrumentation i think it's kind of a simple vocal song so like you know what yeah I mean? it was it was simple but it's still um it's still like, you know, I, I would have, I would have hoped for the vocals to be at least kind of consistent. But when it sounds like she's being pulled around because she was, it was a little bit like, eh, I don't know. But 
overall, I actually, I, I really like the song, really like the performance, some nice warm lighting in the background. I, I, I actually rank this one very highly. Nice. One thing I will say before we go uh, to scores is that everyone, just like the outfits were on point, everyone looks great. Backing vocalists have like, they're like weird wide like palazzo pants with crop tops and they have like these snatched ponies i don't know it, it was it was a good look and the choreo was good too and it worked well with it yeah i don't know about the choice to have the backup singers also be the dancers because i thought it like you could hear that they were working for it as the song went to the end and i didn't even realize they were also singing until i saw a mic pack on one of them like towards the end of the song and then it made more sense to me Eurovision does have a limit of um, six performers or less on stage. Huh. Interesting. Actually, Why wait, but then they could have just had the singers off stage. I don't know. There's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've also noticed that there's a lot of other groups, uh, especially later on, where the dancers are also the vocalists. I think yeah. I can, there's like three others at least. Also, like, it, like, it definitely goes out with a bang, too, because it, oh, yeah. I don't know. I to describe, but it definitely, it's so good. Ready to go into predictions of scores? I was going to say. Oh, and also, sorry, I keep like, yeah. I feel like I keep interrupting people on this one. I just have a lot to say. Um, I think this is the one other than Ireland's song that I think that the crowd seemed to like the most. Because everyone like stood up and like lost it, I feel like, after, you know? Yeah. I don't remember, honestly, but I can, ima- I can imagine that to be true. Yeah. So how did we feel with the score, like, kind of up there? Uh, yeah, up there. I I didn't write this down in my top five, but it's like I liked it more than songs that I had in my top five. I was just trying to guess how they ranked. Um, but yeah, this was one of the ones that I I enjoyed this one. Yeah, yeah, I I really liked it. I think I think the the performance, like we said, and the the instrumentation really made this. So I again, this is off the top of my head. I don't know if this is like consistent with. I may repeat numbers. I may not fill up every spot. That's fine. Um, I'm putting this one in at like a three or two. Okay. Oh, you're going high with it. Okay. You went there. So I think it's now time for song number five. This is Malta with Lynn Cherkop's To Dream Again. <laughs> so this one uh it starts off with a little like kind of soothing piano riff but it gets interrupted what I, I i wrote down in my notes quote uh intro interrupted by empty synthetic snare hits i felt the 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 performer herself had again like very strongly 2003s uh fashion at the time you know kind of going back to iceland's entry like wow woman sitting behind a piano then she stands up and kind of starts to dance and i get that some songs kind of call for that but i don't know the song wasn't good and then she did the whole thing where she spun around with the camera like you were oh you had her in your arms while you were spinning around that was a lot that was so this song was a lot one thing i will say is that um alta does this a lot i've noticed is that um they don't know how to style their female performers because i looked it up because 
I know the clownery and the tomfoolery that Malta got up to. This woman is 23 <laughs> years old and she looks 40. Not because Wait, I'm not making really? a comment about. And no, and I'm not making a comment about like her like skin or like anything. It's just because her hair and her makeup and even her outfit just make her look really old. And that's not the thing about her. It's just the way that the people who sent her to Eurovision styled her. And this is not the last time the Malta has done this, and it is wild. <laughs> yeah, I totally shot thought she was like a prime career middle-aged diva fully it yeah and i just it there's no saving the song the song i don't know it like i said just so boring what did you guys think i the um there's some portion of the the bridge i think that used kind of what sounded like a sitar um which i thought was cool but then it immediately goes back to this i i said that the backing track was it felt like a like a stock karaoke machine sound. Like, <laughs> very royalty free music, you know. I I did not like this song. Yeah. Before before wait before yeah. you go, Ellis, I just have to say something. On the YouTube video, one of the top comments uh, called this song a quote Karen Bop, and I see what they mean. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like this one. There is a weird synthesizer in the pre-chorus that was driving me nuts. Oh yeah, I, I heard. Thought... That. I thought the uh, I thought the performer didn't look like someone performing at Eurovision. She looked like Kristen Wiig on Saturday Night Live making fun of someone performing at Eurovision. <laughs> that is a very astute description. <laughs> yeah, it was the this I I have it written down that this was the first boring song that we've seen so far. Definitely sure. In my yeah. opinion, this is the kind of worst type of song because you have songs like. Austria's song and ones that are even worse that are just and I, I wouldn't even qualify Austria as this but just songs that are really bad but bad in a way that they're memorable this is just neither really bad I mean it's bad but it's 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 just boring and nothing about it stands out whereas some songs that are truly bad and performances that are truly bad do stand out so even though this isn't technically as bad as those ones it it's worse for me because I think it does a worse job of standing out yeah fully agree so what were you thinking with scores at the time i wrote down probably upper middle of the pack but i don't know if it'll make it there i i don't think it's offensive enough to get down into the very bottom but it's just there's so nothing interesting about it i said pretty much exactly the middle because i don't think anyone's gonna remember it after the show you know yeah like eh, it's it was not i mean it was a eurovision song it would have worked better as a karaoke song, you know, I, I gave it a strong 13. Solid. Okay. Alrighty. So are we ready to move on to song number six? Yeah. Yes. Alrighty. So we have uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina's Mia Martina with the song Nebrini, which means don't worry. That makes sense. Why, why does that make sense, Alice? I, it's just like, this is, this, is a, this is a don't worry sort of song. <laughs> It was a fun party, Bob. It was, but I didn't think it was going to get there because this is a song. I think I had listened to it before. I ended up re-listening to all these songs to review it, but I forgot kind of where it went. So at first, so you have what? The first couple of seconds where I'm just like, oh, this is going to be big soulful ballad. 
because that's kind of how it starts off with the instrumentation and her vocal. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's this cymbal crash and a guitar chord. So I'm just like, oh, okay, it's going to be like a rock, like power ballad. And then the backing vocalist starts screaming into the microphones. <laughs> and then by the 20 second mark, it turns into a disco song. And I'm just like, I'm here for it, but it's, it's a journey, you know? Yeah. Dude, I, I loved that journey, honestly. And then the fact that it, it stuck with that kind of like disco funk theme with, oh, one of the bounciest basses I've heard in a while. Oh, boy. Is Absolutely. Bouncy. Oh, my God. I I was really sad that I couldn't find this on Spotify because I actually want to add it oh. to my own playlist. Darn, yeah, I, I do, too. That's a shame. I'm glad you guys like this song because I think it's kind of polarizing, and I've, I'm, I'm part of the people that really, really like this performance. <laughs> yeah. I So I, I have I have a lot of thoughts about what makes music good and this song is a great example to me of a song that is not good but immensely enjoyable yes i thought the instrumentation was trash like i don't i don't think this song from a test from a technical aspect is good in the slightest um it was this Completely crazy, agree. bizarro Balkan disco with sort of like tinny synthesizers that sounded more like '80s, '90s. But it's it was so much fun. Like I enjoyed, even though it was even though it was a technical mess. I really enjoyed listening to it. The singer was did exactly what she needed to. It was my favorite backup dancers, backup singers yet. I um. I, I totally agree with you, but yeah, it was so like danceable and it was not in English, which was a welcome change for me. I'm yes. uh, all for till it wasn't uh, not in English. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't until the very end, but yeah, I, I appreciated the, the change from English, honestly. So like, even despite that, uh, I, I, if I could like memorize the sounds for the, chorus i totally would it's very catchy in a good way i the crowd goes wild for this one like it was really fun to listen to i can i completely agree with both of you and pivot away from the song itself i think i think something that i think describes every aspect of this performance is that it shouldn't work but it does and that's especially true for the outfits that everyone's wearing oh my god yeah so they're wearing for those of you who haven't seen i feel like most people listening to this have but um I'll, it's I'll just everyone's wearing the playlist in the description too sure yeah but just everyone's wearing some variant of very baggy pants a black shirt and then just like dangly white shit everywhere and like i said <laughs> really shouldn't work but honestly it kind of does one thing that actually i don't think works at all about this performance is the return of the obnoxious rainbow lighting that we saw in austria I just I, I thought that was tacky and weird. I disagree. I like I I have good lights written down on this one. Yeah, I th- I thought this was the the first one what that you guys used think? that kind of. This was the first one that used that kind of like annoying lighting effect. Uh, well, in any way, I. That's what I believe, at least, because it it fit really well with that disco vibe, and it, it did. It clashed a little bit with their outfits because it you know goes from black and white to having this like really colorful psychedelic um, video showing on the, on the screen and very bright, um, vibrant lights. 
swirling around them. So I felt like those two things, when taken individually, were good. When taken together, felt weird. But then when everything came together, like the song, it, it, it worked weirdly well. Yeah. And to describe the lights to those who cannot see them, they looked to me like the planet Saturn seen through kaleidoscope rave glasses. <laughs> it, it, it was colorful and planetary and weird and great. Yeah, I called it like a an oil spill effect. <laughs> so is that kind of all we have to say about Bosnia and Herzegovina? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. So what did you guys think about potential placing? I loved it. I think the audience loved it. I put it at a three. Like damn. I maybe even a two. It was it was really fun. <laughs> Copy paste for me. I didn't have this in the top because I didn't think it would perform great with judges necessarily. But like I re I, I enjoyed it. So uh, top 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 junk. That okay. Song number seven. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. So next we have Portugal's Rita Guerra with the song. Which means let okay. me dream. Okay, yeah. So, disclaimer I don't speak the vast majority of the languages that are spoken in Europe, so probably mispronounce almost every song title that's not in English. That's fine. I mean, I think, you know, I think that if this ever makes it big and Rita Guerra herself comes in and says that's not how you pronounce it, <laughs> then you can address it. But until then, we're, we're doing our best. I can't wait until we get to the point where avid international pop Eurovision superstar. Rewind fan Rita Guerra <laughs> watching our podcast and smiting smiting us I, I cannot wait for that moment okay So anyway, um, did anyone, does anyone have strong feelings? Someone want to start or? Yeah, I'll start. So I watched this. I didn't watch the separate songs. Um, I watched the, it was, I believe, like a full coverage by the BBC. Let me just say, whoever was in charge of covering that was super misogynistic and somewhat racist. Oh, really? Um, Terry Wogan? Must be. Hated it. However, one of the things that I thought was pretty fun was that kind of like, before each artist comes onto the, onto the stage, they have a little clip of them run, running around Riga, Latvia. Well, so the, the song used for that kind of like running around Latvia scene was um, La La Love You by the Pixies. Oh, I noticed that too. I also watched that, yeah. So and you also, also saw the, um, the Terrible Host. Yes, yes, I did. Oh, terrible. Or Behold. Very awkward, not good. Anyway, the song itself... I would say also not good. Um, I I wrote this. Uh, what I wrote for this was that it was like a Cher esque Portuguese power ballad. Her hair was uh, it was oh, a sight. Dear Lord, it was a sight for sure. Kind of a, a loose yet also clumpy curl. Um, bad mermaid. So hair. dry. Yeah, bad mermaid hair is a, <laughs> is a great way to put it. Like, I think it, it failed to kind of capture the drama that a ballad should have. 
especially especially uh, the the kind of ballad that her vocals would lead you to believe this song fits under. Like I, I didn't think it was very memorable. The, there was a shift to English uh, a little bit about halfway through, and I was not a fan of that, especially because then her voice kind of took on like a country lilt to it, um, which really it, it threw me off completely. Because oh, I, I don't that. think I've. I missed that also. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's like only for a few words, but every now and then you're like, wow. I can imagine, you know, I don't know who any country artists are that are on the on the charts right now. But um, uh, one... uh, wait, hold on. You've cut out for me. Can you hear me now? Ah, yes. yes. Okay. I was basically just saying that I can imagine some female country artist in her place performing that and that like the the overall vibe was kind of like a the final scene of like a kissing in the rain (laughs) low quality romantic drama movie maybe i'm gonna have to disagree with you slightly go for it i actually i really liked this song i think well i like the performance i think i think the colors so in terms of the visuals i think the colors work really well where she's wearing white and there's kind of golden white lights. And also, if I remember correctly, the backing vocalists and the the lead singer, uh, Rita, they kind of told a cohesive visual story and didn't look so separate. I thought it was a beautiful song. And I think that her voice was great. I will agree with you that this is kind of an unremarkable song and it's kind of forgettable, but I think it's really nice. It's, um, it's definitely stood out, I think, of all the songs that have come before it because there hasn't really been a song quite like it. I'm the complete opposite on this. I thought I was so bored watching this one. Um, I I was just like, oh boy, yeah, cheesy power ballad. She's doing the whole, I'm going to stand in one spot and move my arms and sing, and there's a piano. And I just like, this was, to me, just an example of how to do a ballad badly. I, yeah, I, I fully agree. One thing I will say is that out of all of the language like shifts, this is the one that I find absolutely the most detestable, just because it does nothing and it actively makes the song worse. I know. It it felt like they were the, the artist was like pandering to an American audience, which is weird. Countries do that a lot, or like they at least they used to because I think they were afraid that no one would vote for them if they didn't speak in more widely spoken language. But frustrating because a lot of times language shifts to english are very forced and like i said actually make the song worse oh yes we will get into some of that later (laughs) if we're talking about the next song i'd have to strongly disagree (laughs) no no no. actually i I quite like the next song i was talking about uh romania oh what that was all in english though we will yeah that was all i'm saying the it was english when it should not have been english oh Okay, we're going to get to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I take it you don't think that this plays very highly? No. Yeah, I'm with him on this one. I don't think it did. Because I think there were also other songs that did this better. So Absolutely. I, I, think it's, I think it's in the bottom bit. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So, without further ado, shall we talk about number eight, Croatia, Claudia, Benny, Vishay, Nisam, Toya? Yes.
I, okay, I this is so this is this might be my favorite of the entire year. Really? I love I'm obsessed with this. Okay, so it's just everything is I so it, kind of like you said about uh, Bosnia. I understand that it's not technically the most good song. I understand that it's kind of basic, but like, I don't know. The performance really makes it, I feel like, because her vocals are really good. Choreography was really simple yet effective. And the backing dancers were wild and out. They were like, oh God, yeah. <laughs> especially the male ones, they just I, like, yeah. they just really got into it. It was very just like, it was, it was high camp, yes. what I'll say about that. Um, and I think the costumes were cool. Um, <laughs> one thing I will I, say is that, um, Apparently, she was only 16 years old, so I feel kind of like weird that they put her in such a revealing outfit. Um, yes. But I think it suits her. Um, and overall, I think it was very, it was contemporary, I think, maybe a little bit dated. It was very Britney Spears vibes. Yeah. And I think the double punch of the key change and the language change actually worked really well. It was really jarring, but I think it was the moment where it's like, I can't be, that was really bad. But like when it's like, I can't be your lover, and then it's like, I, I just really like that part. I don't know. This is a really good song for me. Ellis, you sounded uh, a little bit offended by Jonathan's initial uh, breakdown. What are your thoughts? Mm, I wasn't so much offended. I just, it, it, it wasn't whole, it wasn't up my alley in the same way. Like I thought it was fine, but what I, what I do think this one did the performance very well. I think they, mm -hmm. they hit all the right aspects of how they should have been performing it. It felt to me, both in the performance and in the sound, it was the most boy band of everything. Yeah. Like it kind of It was the most like like Britney, Justin, like Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's got that sort of like almost new Jack Swing sort of sound. It's got the 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 choreography is like the way the way that they're dancing just makes me think of a boy band. They're all in sync, yes. sort of like steppy, walky, aroundy choreo. But so I, of, like I thought it was good. It was fun. It wasn't anything special to me. But in my notes, I, I wrote, "I like the human centipede choreography." Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I said that uh, that intro is so very strongly like "Baby One More Time," Britney Spears. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But I also really love this, love the song. Um, yeah, I I actually just recently added it to my personal playlist. Oh, um, damn. Okay. <laughs> I have it on Spotify too. Yeah, I loved uh, the. I think I thought the performance was was cool. It it made up for the kind of like the the lighting and the video weren't weren't anything worth mentioning, but the performance was very fun, very energetic, and. I like I just very it's a very personal thing not very personal it's it's a personal I guess deeply uh, personal issue. <laughs> yeah it's a very much a matter of taste here but I I really liked it I didn't think that it was like kind of welcoming and good from a from a mass audience perspective to be a strong contender for the top but I quite enjoyed it uh and just to go back to her outfit real quick oh my as uh Heidi Klum would say from hit show project runway and now making the cut on amazon prime she's showing a little bit of a hoo-ha with oh yeah yeah um Fear that. It, yeah the the outfit was i thought it was cute but it was very like un it, eh, it, it felt weird 
that that was performing on the stage. Um, <laughs> yeah, if this was an outfit that someone made on Drag Race, they would definitely be like, why are you wearing a bathing suit? <laughs> yeah. Why are you wearing a bathing suit made out of dots? I think we're all kind of in agreement on this one, though, even if we have different personal opinions about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you think this one placed? I think just because it wasn't a very like welcoming open let's talk about peace what does that mean i'm sorry but like what do you <laughs> I, why isn't it welcoming i don't know it's well the the instrumentation was a little bit harsher than a lot of the songs that we've listened to so True. far and, i mean nothing compared to some of the later songs i'll say but oh, we're gonna get to it yeah yeah but um, i feel like this is more welcoming than a similar song bosnia Okay, I mean, I, I I can see why why you say that. Because um, like, like I think the instrumentation is also kind of harsh, and also the chanting is kind of a lot. Yeah. Well, this is this a costume one... reveal, also. Oh, it did. I totally missed that. Backing vocal, yeah, the backing vocalists were fully just wearing a piece of fabric as a shirt, and then they took it off at the key change. Awesome. I missed that. This um, one would probably rank like high middle for me. Yeah, that's what that's my thoughts exactly. Ready. Moving on to Cyprus's Stelios Constantas with Feeling Alive. I'll start this one. I don't have a lot to say about it. Um, but uh, what I will say is that all the backing dancers and singers have more charisma and stage presence than Stelios does. Yeah. yeah. Dare I say talent? He's not a very, like, I don't know, his vocals were a little bit not doing what they needed to be. Yeah, I, I said that um, the this was another one of those songs where it's like, you really don't need it to be in English. Uh, it, yeah. That's a good point. Because then you kind of pick up on the, the mispronunciations of English words a little bit more. There was a, there was a, chord that he tried to hold for uh, tonight when he sang tonight it was i think near the end and mm. like, he dropped that almost instantly it felt like he, he his breath gave up or something i i did like the instrumentation this again featured some of the the latin guitar uh latin classic guitar a very like gypsy kings um adjacent which i enjoy uh but the vocals were not it for this one Neither was his outfit, honestly. I was just, just thinking suit. that. Rocking the white suit and too many buttons undone. You know, well, I don't even have a problem with that. It's just that it doesn't really fit him. It's so... It wasn't... That, like, in, like, the like, baggy clothes were kind of in style back then, but it it doesn't... It seems like he's wearing... Like, he lost, like, 50 pounds and then wore the same clothes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I said it was, like, it's just barely oversized. Like, not enough to be novelty but enough to look awkward. It's not a David Byrne once-in-a-lifetime jacket. Yeah. It's no yeah. Jenko jeans. Oh, oh, we're going to get to Jenko jeans. Oh, yeah, we are. Just you wait. I just felt bad for Stelios on this one because he looked so uncomfortable up there. I agree. Like, the song doesn't Do you stop, actual... but, oh, man, poor... No, it's, it's just not the play. I was going to say, this... To be rude, but I'm gonna look up to see if he's actually a singer because I wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of fell into performing at Eurovision and then never sang again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a singer. Um, look at that. 
Cypriot. Yeah, I'm on his Wikipedia. <laughs> Tried to represent Cyprus two times before he made it. Oh, go oh, him, yeah. I guess. He wanted to be there. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, I don't know if there's much more to say about this one, <laughs> to be I honest. Do have, I do have one more thing, is that uh-huh. I, I didn't watch the full version that you guys did, but I also... I I still got to see some brief like cutaways to the crowd at home. Malta was the first one earlier that I didn't mention, but Cyprus they had one after this song and it was much less impressive and the people in Cyprus did not look particularly enthused, which I thought was funny. Yeah, I think there were very many of them. Also, I mean, yeah. later we see um, I think Manchester, UK, and there was just like a mob of people, but with them it was just not many people that were not very excited. <laughs> yeah. This this was a rough year for Cyprus. For sure. Even though his outfit was not really doing it for me, I think everyone else looked kind of good. I think the dancers had like these like blue dresses that were fun, kind of adding to my idea that I'm much more interested in what everyone behind him is doing as opposed to him, which is not <laughs> what should be happening. He had these two vocalists behind him, and then, or sorry, two dancers, and then three vocalists, kind of forming like a triangle shape. And the, the vocalists were, like, weirdly shoved in the back, I thought. Like, they looked far away. The dancers were great. I thought the dancers were doing an amazing job. Um, For sure. But the, the backing singers were, I don't know, they felt, like, not forgotten, because I guess that's kind of the point when you have a lead singer, but they felt like they were intentionally, like, forced to be unimportant, even though their their vocal skills may very well have been better than Stelios's. Oh, poor Stelios. Uh, yeah. Poor guy. Oh, well. How do you guys, how, how do you guys think this uh, one ranked? Low. For sure. Yeah, I don't Not... think it was... Go for it, sorry. Uh, okay, yeah. I was going to say, I don't think it's bottom of the barrel, but I don't think it's good either. Right. Speaking of bottom of the barrel... No, just kidding. <laughs> also, kind of. We're ready for Germany. Ooh, Germany ooh. was my favorite song of the night. Let's talk I, about it. I loved this song. Okay, let's get ready for uh, song number 10, uh, Germany with the song Let's Get Happy by Lou. I defend myself really quick very quickly i was mostly joking um <laughs> i i like this song and i have a lot of positive things to say about it but i'm not gonna try to say it's the, the best song of the night <laughs> oh i thought this song was great i thought lou is a star she's this kind of older looking lady with this shockingly red hair uh <laughs> that she's was good I thought she's got a great look. Her backup dancers are batshit, but also have a good look. It's very distinctive. This song is the, of all the songs in the show, this is the one that is still stuck in my head days after watching. The the chorus, I, w- I wasn't a huge fan of how it shifts from minor to major, but it is infectious. It is fun. 
the song is called let's get happy and it's just like i am enjoying this so much she says the word discotheque which is always more songs should say the word discotheque that's a a niche opinion but i can get behind it i thought this was great the instrumentation was good it gave me it reminded me of hung up by madonna oh yeah I, i can see that so yeah i full marks to lou i thought this was great um can i just read you what i just wrote in my notes word for word yes i wrote in all couple letters diva a icon backing dancers are styled great better than lou her suit is kind of weird looking belt buckle with her own face on it because she does wear a belt buckle with her own face I didn't notice <laughs> that's that. amazing that's I totally it that. is amazing it, and then also i wrote cliche and cheesy but quite fun strong voice good chemistry ending is weird it goes acoustic ballady in like the last few seconds did you notice that yeah i did i wasn't a fan of that but i think the performance overall uh was fun i liked the way the backing the dancers looked again they were all wearing different kind of colors but it all went together and it was very fun i i do like the song a lot millen you said something about the backing dancers earlier yes, what do. was that i'm just gonna i'm gonna uh read from mine from my notes here um to start things off eyes are immediately drawn to the mighty morphin power rangers on the stage they look like <laughs> the pioneers from captain planet a diverse cast in a great selection of colored shiny acrylic outfits it was, uh, I believe there were like five backup dancers, vocalists, that did an amazing job. Yeah. Lou's vibrancy of her hair, like it all worked together to make it like a uh, visual overload in a great way. Sonically, though, I'm going to again read from my notes. The song is overly positive. Sounds like a Disney Channel original. The lens flare stars on the screen and the bright lights are a bit much. And the only time I'd listen to this song again was if it were the best day of my life and I wanted to ruin it by pushing it over the edge with saccharine positivity. I, I, didn't, I didn't hate it by any means, but oh, it felt like so shoved down your throat. Let's get happy. Yeah, yeah, I see. It. I can see. It. I get that. I it. Yeah, that's I mean, that's all I have to say. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I might just be watching too much Drag Race, but I really thought that there was going to be a reveal with that kind of oversized jacket because I was like, "There's got to be something under there," but there wasn't. That's okay. Um, oh, also, did you um, did you did you get positivity. to see? Did you get to see um? Also, this was another one where they showed kind of a crowd from like the home country, yes. and everyone was wearing red wigs in the audience. <laughs> I loved that the Lou wig. I wonder if you can get those anywhere. <laughs> Authentic 2003 Lou wig. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Lou was like an established star in Germany. About the per- so the person who wrote the song, Ralph Ziegel, yeah, is a very notable person in Eurovision. So I'm on his Wikipedia page. He has participated with 24 songs so far, one of them having been a winner. Wow. And not so much his songs, like his older songs from the 70s and 80s, but definitely his songs of the past two decades are very similar to Let's Get Happy. Oh. He's been a frequent collaborator with um, San Marino recently, and I'm not mad about it. Nice. Dang. He's made a career out of this. That's wild. Really? How did you think this one did? Melon, you want to go first? <laughs> um, sh- sure. I don't know. Like... I can see the appeal. I didn't like it. I wouldn't place it below middle. 
I also certainly would not place it in the top five. So uh, let's go 11, I guess. Man, I was, I'm, this was my favorite. I was thinking, oh, this is going to win. This is good. I don't think, I don't necessarily think it is going to win, but I hope it does. It's time for the chorus. And that is the end of part one of episode one of Eurovision Rewind. Uh, Part two of our recap of 2003 will be out later this week featuring russia the uk and jonathan revealing to Milan and myself the winners of the eurovision song Contest 2003 if you want to follow us on the socials you can check out our instagram at eurovision underscore rewind that is eurovision underscore rewind as well as support us on patreon at patreon.com slash vocab gumbo uh, the first two months of that are going to be donation matched uh, four times over by us here at Vocab Gumbo and donated to local Black Lives Matter charities. So go check that out. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoy part two. Uh, we will see you soon for more of the Eurovision Song Contest 2003.